On a regular basis, I receive numerous requests from the marketing arms of authors asking to be on the show. I rarely respond, but in this case, I just couldn't resist. Hint, if you want to be on the show, tell me you once played basketball in the NBA and that you once dunked on the Michael Jordan. His name is Devin Durant, no relation to Kevin, by the way. From basketball to the software industry to real estate, and now an author. His book is The Values Delta, and that's our topic coming up next here on CFO Bookshelf. I'm Mark Gandy. This is CFO Bookshelf. Our guest is Devin Durant. His book is The Values Delta. A small and simple way to make a positive difference in your personal and professional life. It's not a book on corporate values, but personal core values. And it's a fast, easy to read guide that's instructive and inspiring. And it does apply in the business setting too. And I love origin stories. And I started my conversation with Devin with his basketball success dating back to his teen years. We live in a world where we tend to idolize, put our professional athletes up on a pedestal. I'm not immune from that. And if you don't mind, I'm going to look away from my camera as we're talking. I'm going to read some notes So in the beginning part of the book, I read where you want a state championship in basketball in high school. That's a big deal. Not many people can can claim that. But then you were named to the McDonald's All-American team. You won the Derby Classic 101 competition. For those who have played a lot of basketball, they know what that is. One sports writer called you the best high school basketball player in America at the time. You're the 25th pick in the 1984 draft, strongest draft class ever. They had Michael Jordan uh, and then Charles Barkley. Uh, By the way, in your book, you mentioned, by the way, you were being humble about it. You mentioned that you dunked on Michael Jordan, but then you came right back and said, well, he dunked on me. (laughs) <laughs> what I want to know, sir, what I, and by the way, it's an honor to get to chat with you. What I want to know is how do you go from this basketball background, which to me is cool, to values, the the values delta? What what Connect the dots there for me. Sure. Thank you. Thank you, Mark. Thank you for your, your kind words. You, you know, what I realized over time, <clears throat> I was very fortunate in high school to have the the perfect teammates and the perfect coach for me and coach Jim Spencer. He, he emphasized the values of hard work and, and self-discipline and, and other values. And <clears throat> those paid great dividends for me. Uh, went on, had a chance to play some college basketball and, and lasted for a little bit in, in the NBA. Then I got my uh, portion of humble pie and was cut and I needed to, I needed to provide for a family. And and I soon realized that the values that had helped me succeed as an athlete could help me succeed in, in the business world. And, and 
so over time, I, 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 that evolution took place and, and was able to settle in on a set of values that, that, uh, helped me and, and also helped those that I was able to work with and associate with. And I spent some time in corporate America and then <clears throat> started as an entrepreneur in, in real estate investment. And I focused on adding value to, to property. That that was a, an important thing. And 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 over time, I realized that where I really wanted to focus was on adding value to people. How how could 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 we do that? Where where we didn't have a tangible asset, we were dealing with a, a, a human being's heart and their, their their mind, their soul, and that was the genesis of I want to just put this on paper on how we could could add value to people primarily. Kids kids can be, they can say the darndest things, but they can also be a little bit uh, rude, uh, crude at times. Uh, I also think of the kids back on my playground. Well, my dad can beat up your dad, but <laughs> now, now we may live in a world where, uh, well, my grandpa can do this over your grandpa. Uh, for, for my grandkids down the road, they may say, well, well, my grandpa once used Quattro Pro, or he once used Symphony, or he once he once used Word Perfect. I bring up Word Perfect because you were once associated with that software. That I thought. Now this is very interesting. I just have to ask you about that. Is that okay? Oh please! I spent four years after I left basketball. Spent four years working for Word Perfect Corporation. And it, it was it was a magical time. They had a wonderful product, but more than that, they created a work environment that that couldn't have been uh, better for individuals, for their families, and and we, we had a just a wonderful run there. Uh, but the thing that came out of that experience for me was I made friends with a, a gentleman by the name of Pete Peterson. We became close friends, and and. Uh, over time, what happened is he, he, he was, he was nudged out of the company. Uh, he was one of the top three and he reached out to me and, and, and invited me to, to join him in a software venture. And, you know, I told him my heart was in real estate investment and he said, well, we can, we can do that as well. And so from that experience, the word perfect, uh, became a partnership with, with this good man. And we've been partners in one form or another for the last 25 years on the entrepreneurial side. So I love my time at WordPerfect and, and the fruits that came out of that, which were many. But, but one of the main, main blessings was my, my relationship with my dear friend, Pete. If you don't mind, Devin, I loved the part of the book where you're on the plane and you're talking to Michelle. So there are three big questions Three big questions, the big three on the values delta. So to introduce it, do you mind sharing that story again from the book where you're talking with uh, Michelle? And by the way, there's I love the humanity in it. You had Mrs. D uh, next to you chiming <laughs> in, and I thought this is brilliant. But but if you don't mind, go ahead and share that story, Devin. Oh sure, sure. It's a it's a, a really a combination of a number of stories, and it starts simply by 
me talking about the fact that I'm six foot seven and now I have to get on a plane for four hours and try to squeeze into a seat. And, you know, as has happened to many of us, you, you sit by a stranger and over the course of the, the flight, you become friends with that stranger. And sometimes the, 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 your, your, your plane, plane seat mate doesn't have much to say. And other times they can't stop talking. So with Michelle, she noticed that I was working on a book. And so I started telling her about my book, The Values Delta. And, and she was so interested that I decided to try out the principles of my book on her. And I asked her what her values were. So we went through that exercise and, 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 uh, I said, just how would you describe yourself? I'm a person of and fill in the blank. And, and she was a willing participant. And so we outlined her values. And then I asked her, what do you value? We talked about that and how she valued her, her, her family, her children, her, her profession. And, and, and then we talked about, okay, how, do, how are these values, your, your values, your priority values, how are they impacting these things that you value? And we went through that exercise and, and we talked about, <clears throat> you know, one of her values was creativity. One of the things she valued was her profession as, as a lawyer. And how if she focused on that value of creativity, how might that impact her career as an attorney? And she had a side business uh, 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 related to horses with her family. And how might that value impact that business? So we had a nice discussion and and the, the flight went by quickly. We were landing before uh, I knew it. But that gave me an opportunity in the book to lay a foundation on those three questions that we can all consider in our personal lives, but they also apply in, in a corporate setting or in any kind of leadership setting where we define what our values are. We define what we value, different uses of the, that term value, and, and then how can we create delta uh, by focusing on uh, a value or two and how they impact something that's meaningful to us in our lives. So you clearly differentiate, you clearly delineate between you're using the term priority values. That's if someone were looking at me and observing me for a week, they would even be able to say her priority values are these I'm a person of, so you, you've delineated that between what you value. I like that because sometimes there's only the one question, what are your, your values? And occasionally, and I'm going to be judgmental here, again, push back if you think I'm wrong. If it's just the one question, sometimes I think the answer are aspirational values instead of what those priority values really are. Do you get that too when you're going through this exercise? Well, c- certainly. I think we're all we're, we've all been in a situation where <clears throat> the values are outlined, particularly in a corporate environment. We may have them up on a nice plaque on the wall. What meaning does that have? Really, the key for me is application. And if you have some corporate values, <clears throat> then again, take the next step. Uh, what do you value, and then? Ha- how are you going to apply those values to these things that are meaningful? It might, one of your corporate values might be service. 
well, that sounds great. And it looks great on, on, on the wall in the, in the front foyer. But who are you serving? Are you serving the customer? Are you serving your fellow employees? Are you serving the families of, of, of those who work in that business? And how is that manifest? So, so that that's really, uh, I, I like the practical nature of things. I, I like to, uh, certainly we need to discuss things and talk about things and what our goals might be and our aspirations. But how does that translate into daily action? When you were going over your questions with Michelle, you had her grade you had her going through a grading process. How did she do? Well, she did well. She didn't do as well as she would have hoped. Uh, Michelle, as we portrayed her, was a very successful woman in, in all of her pursuits. She had a great GPA in college. And uh, so her, her VPA, her, her values point average, was, was, was a little bit lower but she also recognized that, <clears throat> hey, here, there's room for improvement. And I think all of us, if we're honest and we go through these steps, we'll see, you know, I can do a little bit better here or there. And, and it's an opportunity. In the book, we outline just a simple system where we can measure where we're at today and where we get to tomorrow and do it numerically and to, to see some some improvement or what what I like to call Delta or, or, or difference. And, and by the way, the appendix is excellent. You have some great diagrams. Someone to give, even take those diagrams and put them in Excel or a, a Google Sheets. Again, they are exceptional, the, the, the everything in the appendix, uh, Devin. One, one last thing before we move on. Is this something, the VPA, should we do maybe quarterly, twice a year, annually? What do you suggest as you're coaching others? Yeah, really good question, Mark. Thanks. The really for me, it's it's up to the individual or the company because it's something we could do every week. I'm going to focus on one value for a week and see if it makes a difference. And and hopefully it'll make a difference, even if it's a small one. I think that's meaningful. Or it may be a focus for a month, depending on the setting, who's involved, uh, and, and I, there's a lot of flexibility there. So. My hope is to provide tools that individuals and groups can use, and, and then they can define how to best uh, use those tools to for maximum advantage. When did you begin to realize, and let me back up, I think you begin to sense with Michelle that, hey, there is business application to this values delta process. Is that about the time you realize that, wait a minute, th this could work in the business workplace, right? You know, it's re really, if you turn back the clock, <clears throat> these ideas started to really take hold all the way back in eighth grade for me. And it was because I had a, had a coach who was, was very demanding. And, and I recognized that I was going to have to do certain things and embrace certain values in order to succeed. And, and it's it's really been kind of a step-by-step -step process from the sports world to the business world to to having a uh, a desire to to just try to help help people in, in their individual pursuits uh, uh, of improvement. And again, that was the genesis. So it goes way back, and and like I said, it's been fun to try to 
put put these ideas on paper so they might be useful and provide tools for individuals and groups to to, to make a positive difference, not only just in their personal life, but also professionally. Without being specific, giving away the name of a business, do you have a cool story, a story that just means a lot to you where you've introduced this to a, a small business who then, hey, let, let's get everyone involved. Do you have that type of a story that this is outstanding? You know, one one that comes to mind that, that uh, is is meaningful to me. It's one I share in the book. It's about my anodontist and just the, the, the values that he uh, embraced and, and lived, you know, I, I was in a very painful situation with, with a tooth and I called him, I think it was earlier than six 30 in the morning. And uh, I was expecting to get the office voicemail, and I certainly did. And I just left a brief message that I wanted to come in as early as I could to to alleviate my suffering. And to my surprise, about two minutes later, the endodontist called me right back and said, hey, uh, let me get you in before we open up. Can you be at my office by 730? And I was there and in, and he took care of it. And I, I was out by eight o'clock or so. And I just thought, wow, what a way to run a practice where you're, you're, you're that aware of your customer's needs and so quick to respond. And, and so I, I, I love telling that story about Cascade Endodontics and, and how, uh, what a positive experience that was for me. And, and I can only imagine, well, it's clear why he, he's so successful in his business, because if he treats me that way, he's going to treat all of his customers that way. And what a way to operate a business and just to serve your your customer base. And uh, it sure makes it easy for me to tell all my friends if they ever need any work from an endodontist, that John Jensen is the, the, the path to follow. I can tell, Devin. I can tell I'm not, not going to try to make you, I don't want to embarrass you, but you're a very humble person. So I'm going to try my best to get an answer from you on this next question. Uh, you've been in the corporate world. You, you've, you've, you've came out of it. You've, you've worked with people in the corporate world. You do a lot of mentoring, coaching. So as best as possible, and again, I know you're a man of humility. What is the difference between your values, your Delta values process, and some of the core values training that comes out of some coaching and consultants that you have seen and observed over the past 20 up to 30 years. Well, again, thank you for being nice to me, Mark. <laughs> uh, I, I, I think the difference is maybe uh, I'm not shooting for very high goals. I'm, I'm not trying to change the world. And I, I'm shooting to for small change. And my approach, I could say in, in the title of the book, it's a small and simple way to make a positive difference. And, and I, I think the, the great consultants, they, they probably, they're going to want to present an idea that, that can really truly change the company in a big way. Uh, that's not my target. Uh, if I can make a small difference in, in one person's life, uh, I've succeeded. And uh, I try to keep things very simple. 
that may be a difference. But I believe that that small and simple changes and progress and creating that that delta or that difference uh, over time becomes very meaningful. Uh, it, uh, I, I might be able to make a small change here here in a week in your company. But really what I'd like to do is make a lot of small changes over an extended period of time. So I, I, I hope one of the other differences is, is that it, it has lasting power. And it's not, hey, we just had this great seminar. And you know, a week later, everyone's really forgotten what took place there. And it might have been a great seminar, but sometimes things just go in one ear and out the other too quickly. So that's my target is is small incremental changes and uh, over an extended period of time to, again, enrich the lives of individuals and their families or any group that decides, hey, we can do better as a group Uh, from a sports team to a corporate boardroom uh, through this laser like focus for a short period of time something that's measurable and hopefully it it, it uh, continues to repeat itself in different forms as we focus on on different values and how they impact the things that are meaningful to us hopefully this will become part of people's muscle uh, memory and that's kind of what you just said i just used a, a, a different term i and i'm not just saying this just because we're talking right now the way you've structured this concept, and again, the story with Michelle is is really a great starting point. That can become part of Michelle's muscle memory to where she doesn't even have to think about this. It's going to be part of her, her the way she goes on carrying her life for the rest of her life. You know, what am I about? I'm a person of, and then what do I value? Linking those two together, and then how transformative can this be? And then you're using the, the VPA. So that's not a question. I'm just saying, I really think this is a book that can have muscle memory power uh, going forward. I like that. Can I, can I just add one comment to that? <clears throat> and when you use the term muscle memory, that, that's a term that, that I grew up with as a basketball as player. As a basketball player, right. Because they, they say, all right, now you're, you're going to step to the foul line and you're going to take a foul shot and your muscles are going to remember that motion. And, you know, I shot thousands and thousands of foul shots. And the hope was that when the foul shot really counted, uh, that muscle memory would be there. And that that's a perfect analogy for what I'm trying to emphasize in the book is that those small efforts repeated over and over again, maybe it's, maybe one of your values in your company is, is as simple as cheerfulness. And as part of cheerfulness, we're going to smile at our customers. Well, that's something you might do hundreds and thousands of times, similar to shooting a foul shot. But because you are cheerful with your customer, they may choose to do a multi-million dollar deal with you because they like how they feel when they're when they interact with you because you have a cheerful nature. Well, similar to that foul shot, the game might be on the line and you need to step up there and count on that muscle memory uh, and, and, and deliver 
when it really counts. Do we have time for a quick lightning round? What I want to do is just throw out a few terms. I'll say that the last part of the book, the last seven or eight chapters, you go through a chapter on one of your critical values, and I'll use your term priority values. And you're not you're not bragging. You're just you're you're really trying to help us to uh, maybe uh, stoke stoke the fire a little bit to give us some ideas. And it's very very story driven. Some of these stories are are great. Um, so I just want to read a couple of words or a concept and just jump in for a couple of minutes. And I don't know how, how many we'll get through, but uh, promise yourself. And by the way, I stopped when I read about promise yourself. I stopped, did a quick search, looked at Christian D. Larson. Uh, it's on page 56, your book. Loved it. But promise yourself, lightning round. Yeah, I love promise yourself. I, I don't know where I found it, but it was when I was maybe a sophomore in high school. And it was so meaningful for me that that I was had a wood shop class in high school and I built a, a bookcase and the centerpiece of that bookcase, which is above my my bed, was was this poem by Christian Larson. And it, it just had so much impact on me as it relates to the value of optimism. It's the optimist creed. And I, I, one of them is it's it's a series of promises that you make to yourself. And for example, one is to look at the sunny side of everything and make your optimism come true. I I, I just I love being around people who who see the bright thing, the side of things that that have that optimistic nature to to think only the best, to work only the best, expect only the best. Uh, so that that poem has resonated uh, for me ever since uh, my my high school days and. Uh, if I could give a gift to someone, it, it would be simply to to be up, be a little bit more optimistic, see the bright side. We'll be right back. Money is all around us, and we think about it more than almost every other aspect of our lives. But how can we make more of it? And what's our drive for building wealth beyond just the numbers in our bank account? Join us on the Make More podcast as our host, Matt Heslin, brings to you a dynamic lineup of experts in the world of investing, business, health, and beyond. Together, they unpack the secrets to not just surviving, but thriving in today's economy. It's about more than just wealth. It's about crafting life experiences, seizing opportunities, and building a legacy. Subscribe now to the Make More with Matt Heslin podcast and join us every week for new expert insights and inspiration. And what a great example to include. I'm a huge fan of Dan Sullivan. I, I've attended the strategic coach uh, for their, uh, I think it's called the foundations programs for three years. And Dan is really big into gratitude. I think Dan is, I think I heard him in a workshop say that he's been writing in his gratitude journal for like 40 years, never missed a day. So gratitude journal, it's in the book, part of the lightning round. Love it. And I love the concept of the gratitude journal. I think oftentimes it's just so easy to maybe overlook some of the blessings that come to each of us on a daily basis and, and to record those blessings. It gives us an opportunity to reflect just how fortunate we are in, in so many ways. And 
you know, in today's world, there's there's certainly a number of challenges out there, and and it, it's easy again to, to to just to focus on on maybe the negative at times, but by by uh, focusing on the value of gratitude, it's just an opportunity to to live above some of the negativity in the world and recognize how how blessed we are by those around us and and uh, by a God above. Even though humility is a priority value, I peeled the skin back a little bit and looked at one of the attributes of humility, admitting flaws. Yeah, I, I, I think the, you know, the flip side of that is arrogance. And, and when, when we fall into that trap, it, it's so hard to, to, to see our flaws. And I, I think there's, there's a lot that can be gained by recognizing, hey, hey, I have weaknesses, and I have a flaw here, there, uh, and I think the first step in overcoming those weaknesses and those flaws is simply recognition. But to do that, it's certainly going to take a humble attitude, and and uh, I think if we can take that first step, then a lot of good ahead. One that I have to deal with, I want to say a little bit, maybe more than, let's just say I wish I could just eliminate this entirely, but comparing comparing to others, I'll even go back to my, my first job out of uh, accounting and finance. I worked at KPMG, P. Marwick, St. Louis office. I looked around me and I thought, I don't belong here. You know, we had people from some of the top schools in the United States here in the starting group of 36. And over the years, I've always felt like I'm the little country kid who doesn't belong on some of these projects with Morgan Stanley or uh, some consulting firms we brought in. I just feel like I don't belong. And so the concept of comparing to others is very, very important, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. Just listening to you made me think about uh, a time when I was a McDonald's All-American. I went to play in the, the All-American game and I went to DeMatha High School, home of Morgan Wooten. And and there I p- was practicing with some of the best players in the country. And I thought, boy, what am I doing here? I do not belong. Uh, but but over time, you settle in. You recognize, yeah, they have their strengths, but but I have a few strengths myself. And... And I played in the, and I, but I struggled throughout that weekend. But then I had to play in another game, and things got a little bit better. And finally, I was playing in the uh, the McDonald's All America game at the Kentucky Derby Classic, and things went very well. I was MVP of the game. So, so to think that I went from feeling very out of place uh, to feeling very much in place. Uh, those th- th- those things happen for all of us right? if we take the humble approach, but at the same time, believe in ourselves, have some confidence, and recognize that we have something to offer as well. Uh, I think wonderful outcomes can can be reality. This is the last one. I'm going to paraphrase it, and I'm going to find this quote. It's in your book, and I just had to stop because I had not seen this before. The deaf can hear it, and the blind can see it. Kindness. Yeah. Uh, uh, again, kindness is something so small and, and doesn't take a lot of effort, but can make quite the difference. 
I think the whenever I think about someone who's kind, I think about one of my friends by the name of Clive Wynn. Uh, and back to word perfect, he was a vice president there. And, and you know, some people, their approach is, hey, you know, it's my way or the highway and they lay down the law. Clive's attitude was, how how can I make everyone feel a part of the process? How can I be more kind to them in different ways? And he always had a positive word to say. He had a smile to share. Uh, and and then he led by example. And through his kindness, I, I witnessed that, that it, you know, it certainly creates a better at work environment. But I think it also translates to the bottom line. Simple value like kindness can 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 also bring financial rewards. This is one of those conversations I wish it did not have to come to an end. It's a good thing you probably don't live in Columbia, Missouri, because I want to be hanging out with you, learning uh, from you. But all good things have to at least come to an end, at least for the time being. So before we wrap up, just a couple of quick questions, Devin. And again, thank you. And thank you for your book. I mean, this is a book of transformation. I want to plug the heck out of your work, your practice, your business. So you've got the floor, or I should say you've got the mic. Well, it's been a pleasure visiting with you. And I commend you for, for your many successes. Uh, I invite those who are listening, come, come to my website, thevaluesdelta.com. And if you'll come there, I also have a link to a video there, particularly for the, the Christmas season. It's a Christmas story. It's about 13 minutes in length. I think you'll love this video. It's about the value of quiet service. It's called No Tracks. And it's a story my father wrote. Uh, but it's a heartwarming little story that might bring a tear to your eye. So come check it out at thevaluesdelta.com. I ask every guest before we wrap up, about some of their favorite books. I have a feeling you are a reader. Do you, do you have some favorite books? Are there books that you like to gift out? Are there books that have meant a lot to you over the years? Oh, yes, absolutely. I'll just share share a couple. I have one right here. It's called The Law of Love. It's Steve Young, the great quarterback. He's a dear friend and <clears throat> I think my wife just bought about 12 copies of Steve's book to, to give out. And uh, I also, the, here's another one, knowing this question was coming. It's called Trust and Inspire by Stephen M. R. Covey. And w- what an inspirational book. What And what a powerful, powerful man he is, as well as his brother, David. They've certainly been a blessing in my life. But, uh, and, 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 you know, their, their father, Stephen R. Covey, we all know about him. Right. His sons are carrying on the tradition. And, and I, I love reading books that, that inspire me to, to be better in, in one form or another. And, and hopefully that, that, that can happen through my book that you can make a positive difference uh, in your own life, but also in, in your circles. That's my hope. Again, this has been great. Thank you very much, Devin. Thank you, Mark. And again, Mark, thanks so much for having me on your podcast today. You are listening to CFO Bookshelf, lifelong learning for financial leaders. And now back to our host, Mark Gandy. 
That's Devin Durant, the Values Delta, a small and simple way to make a positive difference in your personal and professional life. During our conversation, we brought up a poem. It's in the book by Christian D. Larson called Promise Yourself. It's also known as the Optimist Creed. And I want to read my favorite verse from it. Promise yourself to give so much time to the improvement of yourself that you have no time to criticize others, to be too large for worry, too noble for anger, too strong for fear, and too happy to permit the presence of trouble. We need to call this a wrap. I'm Mark Gandy for CFO Bookshelf. (laughs) 